this episode of What's the Hazard is being brought to you by these incredibly generous true believers in workplace safety and health. And I am truly grateful for their support. Custom Concrete Specialists, CCS Group, and Cheyenne Wolford. My buddy Jim Cover down at the Nebraska Department of Labor on-site consultation group. Jim and all of his consultants. John Falowich and Falowich Construction Services. And our latest sponsor, Building Omaha. Building Omaha is a partnership between the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, the IBEW, and the National Electrical Contractors Association, NECA. They pair highly trained electrical professionals with industry contractors to ensure they're able to serve customers safely and effectively. Building Omaha, the partnership that powers our city. Learn more at buildingomaha.org. Thank you all. We appreciate your support. All right, now let's get into this episode. Uh, this is Doug Fletcher, and you are listening to What's the Hazard? Perhaps even watching What's the Hazard? We are, we are actually doing video for the first time after two years of audio, not having to look at us. Uh, we are subjecting you to what this is what safety and health professionals actually look like. So, so if you're wa- watching on YouTube, we appreciate it. Thank you very much. Um, we're excited to be on YouTube to get started. Um, I think that'll give us an opportunity to actually show some things perhaps uh, that we're unable to do with just audio. So very exciting, kind of a new frontier for the program. Uh, If you're just listening on the radio or listening at your desk, we're glad that you're back. So we appreciate that as well. Um, It is December 3rd, and uh, it's 50-some degrees in Omaha, Nebraska. Some weird shit going on, man. It was 70 degrees yesterday. Um, We are either in for it or... Is it possible that it's going to go easy on us this year? I have no idea. It's it's almost terrifying it's, to. It's the calm before the storm. <laughs> it is, man. That's what I'm afraid of. That yeah. It's going to hit us and hit us hard. But um, we will take every day like this that we can get in December in Nebraska. So it's we've had a good few weeks. Uh, I hope you had a good week. It is Friday, and um, yeah, I hope things went well for you and your program and your employees, the people that you're charged with protecting. I hope they're doing well. Um, I'm excited about. These next two episodes, and we're going to break them down into two short episodes that we've been trying to do. Finally, my buddy John Panapinto is able to be with us. Um, Incredibly busy guy. I've been asking him for a while, and this is a a big ask because this guy has a lot of responsibility, runs a big program. He is the environmental safety and health manager of a large food processing facility in this area uh, that we won't get into great detail about simply because we haven't gotten approval to do that. Yeah, but no approval. <laughs> that doesn't Short change notice, the fact sorry that about that. You're, no, man, I, I appreciate your being here. Um, we have known each other for about five years, I'm guessing five, six years, somewhere in that yeah, vicinity. Yeah, about five years now. Something like that. And um, you have an interesting background. So talk a little bit about your background and how you got into this role as EHS manager. You know, if you asked me, Five years ago, where I'd be, or I think maybe now six years, seven years, I never would have told you I'd be in environmental health and safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started my career in the military when I was 18, and I progressed through that the whole time, 21 years, and I retired. But uh, through that time, I was uh, my education was in security, and um, I had additional duties in the military that were safety, but I always intended to go into security. Mm -hmm. And as I started to get involved more in safety in the military, I noticed, I I just realized that was, I liked 
providing that service to people. I liked helping people and creating a safe environment so they're able to do their job and do it do it without any concerns of mm-hmm. getting hurt. And when it came to retire, that's what I pers- I kind of was pursuing more security related. And then I found this job that was safety and I went to the interview and they, they hired me. So Mm -hmm. I, that's, that's how I got into the safety realm, uh, the safety career. Now, you know, I, I always, like I said, I liked, I seen a number of incidents out there and, and especially in the military, I was like, man, that could have been so easy, easily, uh, uh, you know, avoidable mm-hmm. if this was done. Right. And that's where I get the enjoyment out right. of, like, thinking of all the things. Absolutely. And providing that work environment. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you're uh, retired from the military, I mean, if you are drawn to serve, I mean, if that's your makeup, um, safety is actually a great career for that. I mean, I think most people that are attracted to the safety profession have some desire to be of service, to be useful, to help, you know, coworkers or, you know, other folks. I mean, it's just something that we get pleasure from and get some satisfaction from. I'm going to tell an interesting story. So that first job, I believe, was with the grain company, and uh, they were a client of mine. And so when you came to work for them, we actually worked together on some of their facility audits. So we were going around auditing some of their facilities, grain elevators and mills and things like that. And I can remember distinctly, we had discussed that your background was in security. So as we were walking through these facilities, you were actually noticing things about the security of those locations I'd never even considered before. And we were looking at one building on one location and uh, trying to figure out, I mean, is it locked? Is it not locked? And all of a sudden, like, literally the door opens and you're standing there. And I'm like, how the hell did you get in there, man? I mean, you were trained to identify those weaknesses and, to, you know, to, you know, and so you were inside the building without. Yeah, that's. It that's, was crazy. Attention to detail and just looking for those things. Anything that you can exploit is going to be that you can see and exploit is definitely going to be identified right. by somebody to take right. advantage of. That's interesting. So do you? So let's talk about now. So a few years ago, maybe three years ago, perhaps you took another job and um, a big job, and so you are currently now the EHS manager for this large food processing facility, which here in Nebraska is you know, probably our primary industry, if not ag, it's certainly food processing. And you started with this company, this organization at the very beginning. I mean, literally the building had not been erected yet. So you have been there from the very beginning and you and I have talked over the last few years. This was an incredibly monumental undertaking. Talk a little bit about that. It was, but what really drew it, drew it to me made the job interesting and why I really wanted it was because I had that blank canvas to create the program, the safety program, the way I want it to. And that's during the interview, that's how it was, was told to me. Like, we're going to give you, you know, a blank piece of paper and you're mm-hmm. going to, you're going to make it the way you want it. The only thing we're telling, asking you is that we have everything in place that's going to keep people safe and we're, and to obey the law. And I found that very great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a great opportunity to right. like, I can go in there and not have some sort of corporate organization telling me how to do it. I I had the choice to, to do it the way I wanted to do it. So, I mean, 
it's it's been a a long long journey so far in the the three years that I've been there, but you know it's it's been the best experience I can I imagine could, I, I've ever had. I've learned so much about safety in general, people uh, building a safety program. Mm-hmm. It's well, as we mentioned before we started recording, you you are really unique in that respect because. I've never started a safety program. I've audited hundreds of safety programs. I doubt that most of the safety professionals that are listening that we will interact with will ever have the opportunity to start at ground zero and build a program. They are usually either coming into a program or they're kind of piecemealing some things together. Uh, Was it overwhelming in the beginning? I mean, just getting a a scope of what was going to be involved. It it was overwhelming because I had a plan and a strategy I had uh, all the policies done, procedures, and what it really turned out to be was chaos. Mm. And that was really hard to get over was things weren't going the way, you know, I intended it to go. And I had to be very flexible and adapt and adjust. And, you know, and in some instances, accept certain, you know, hazards and, uh, mm. uh, risk to where it was and try to mitigate it as best I could because there's still the goals of the company that have to be met and, you know, without harming the people. So there were certain things I had to give and take and flexible and adjust policies, procedures, and and so on and so forth. And that was many of the challenges with Mm -hmm. it. And I just learned to be, to be patient. Mm -hmm. And that's remarkable. And, and you've always been that guy and probably, I would assume that 20 plus years in the military had something to do with that ability to be flexible, to change, you know, on your feet, um, to accept that certain things were not going to be quite like you wanted them. Um, but you've always seemed to have a really calm demeanor about this stuff and which I think is incredibly valuable, but I can remember you and I talking in the very beginning, again, they're doing dirt work out there you know, to raise this built to build these facilities, huge facilities. Huge. Let's just let's just make it very clear that without naming this facility, it is huge, and it's almost entirely self-contained. I mean, everything that you need in order to function, you guys do yourselves. It is remarkable. Uh, we could call it state of the art since it's relatively new, almost brand new. I was just I was overwhelmed for you. So where did you start? How did you start formulating this plan? I just I start off of just basic operational knowledge of how I wanted things to to progress and I made timelines and I made plans and strategies to get to that timeline and we just took little strides at a time to get to it and uh you know we celebrated some goal or some achievements but we never lost focus of the goal and you know to be honest with you we're still not at that that well it's never done yeah, never done. It's never done at that goal, and that's you know, no incidents. You know, mm-hmm. everybody everybody's protected a hundred percent of the time, mm-hmm. and we're always, you know, trying to meet those goals to get there. It's taken a little longer than what we wanted, but you know, we're making really good progress. That's incredible, man. And it's just the past cup. I'd say the past six months has been really where we've made huge strides to where I'm going home now at night going. Yeah, I feel good about oh, good not being there. Yeah. Oh, my God. And so just from a take-home message standpoint, for anybody who's 
starting a program from scratch. I can't imagine anyone who's going to be starting a program of the magnitude that you were tasked with. But even a guy, you know, or gal that is starting a program for a small 10, 20, 30-person contractor or small business, whatever the case might be, it seems daunting. But you said a couple things. Timelines, kind of lay out a timeline of progress. You want to meet certain milestones. And then celebrating some of those achievements along the way. Absolutely. you got to celebrate them. But you, you can't celebrate them so much that you lose focus of the ultimate goal. And that is... That, that environment that you want, no incidents to occur mm-hmm. there. But the celebration is, is definitely needed because it, it gives the management and the employees the, the comfort of knowing that we're, we're making progress. Making pro- right, right. And they, they're included into it, so they're giving, giving some meaningful contribution to the progress. Nice. I love that. Interesting, man. So, um, yeah, for those of you that might be – tasked with starting a program from scratch or redoing a program completely. I think that is great advice. Um, Engaging those managers in the celebration so everybody can appreciate where we are and where we're going, but staying focused, uh, that's a huge deal. That's it, staying focused, um, making sure everybody's included because it's not your program or, you know, in our case, my program. It's the employee's program. Right. And it's never going to be achievable unless you have all of their buy-in. Right. It's remarkable, man. You look good. You look like you've survived. I, I can remember there were times when we would speak, and I, I was like, oh, my God, this, you know, you just had so much going on. I, was, I, I, was not, I wasn't worried about you, but I just worried for you. And th- you have come out of it on the other side, man. There were some times where they were very trying. And, uh, you know, I can't. I'd be a a liar to tell you that I never thought about leaving. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I just. What kept you going? It it was the people. I mean, I want, I was given that blank canvas, and I don't want to fail at it. Mm -hmm. I want to create that that organization and prove everybody wrong that it can be done Mm -hmm. because the, 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 the industry that we're in, everybody says it can't be done. Yeah. I, I know it can be done, and we're going to get there. That, that is the take-home message, man. I mean, first and foremost, it is about the people that we serve and making sure that they are well taken care of, that they have a safe place to work. Um, that's what drives us. That's what, when we go home at night, we can actually sleep, you know. That's we feel it. like we're making progress. That's it, and, you know, it's – the other thing is, it's a thankless job. No one's going to come and thank you. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. And so just, just come to terms to, with that right from the beginning. Just, you just have to come to terms with that. You just have to know, like, it was a good week because I had two incidents, and they were very minor that just involved Band-Aids. Right. And that's a good week. That is a good week, man. Yeah. It's good to have you, brother. It's good to see you. Uh, a lot of incredible information in that. We're, we're going to come back and do another episode. I hope you'll check out the next one. Um but this is fantastic stuff. And, yeah, man, I, I am really proud of you. You're my hero. I could not have probably done this. So um, thanks what? for coming. It's thanks. good to see you. Appreciate it. Hey, guys, I want to do a small business spotlight for you. Um, we have been working recently with a company called Wicked OSHA. Uh, Brent Colvin and his team have come up with a really useful solution for safety and health management for small contractors. Uh, It is an app-based system that helps you develop and manage your safety programs, your training, your documentation. 
I know this is incredibly challenging for small businesses like roofing contractors, small specialty trade contractors, and frankly, anybody that has a mobile workforce, I think this would be incredibly useful. So go check out Wicked OSHA. It's at wickedosha.com and see if this might be something that you would be willing to give a shot. I think there is a free trial opportunity. And so um, in, in what I've seen of it, I think this is going to be incredibly useful. So go take a look at it. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend, and we will talk to you soon. Later. A Huda Media Production.